My name is Andrea Bumstead and I am a member at Restore Temecula. If you are new, we want to welcome you and thank you for tuning in. We believe the church is not an event, but a family that you belong to. So we would love the opportunity to connect with you. If you want to learn more about our church or if we can help in any way, please visit our website at www.RestoreTemecula.com and click on contact. We also have a mobile app with resources, including our Sunday messages, information about upcoming events, and other ways to connect. You can download our app on the Apple or Android App Store. With all of that said, we hope you enjoy the message. What a special morning for us. What a special morning for us. Uh, really quickly, I just want to acknowledge uh, as you can imagine, transitioning from a gathering space is a lot of logistical work. It, it poses a lot of challenges. So to ever, I mean, the team of people is our church, really. But I just want to acknowledge the hard work that's gone in to, yes, absolutely. Uh, really, really special. For those of you guys that are wondering, okay, why are we in this space? This room's smaller. What's going on? Um, this was where we started as a church. In 2018, the first Sunday of, of May, we kind of had our first public gathering, public worship gathering on a Sunday here. And obviously the last four years has been a journey for all of us in unique ways. But not only is this place really nostalgic for us, but we have a really, we have a really wonderful relationship with the school. And by the school, I mean the staff, the students, the faculty, we have a really, it's a cool opportunity. They really take care of us, guys. Like, they bless us. Like, they give us on-site storage here. We get to, <laughs> yes. Many of you guys that do set up a teardown, you're like, thank you, Jesus. You're real. Uh, it's just one of those things, man. Like, this is a great situation for us in many ways. Not only that, but we get classrooms here for the kids, which is massive. It's going to be summer, so at Warm Springs, we would have had to be outside, and it just creates a lot of challenges in that regard. Um, and so we're just really thankful to be back, but the work that's gone into uh, making this happen has been quite a bit. So the staff, um, a lot of the leaders have just been working their tails off. So I want to honor everybody involved and just say, like, this is a really, this is a really special moment for us. Um, just to kind of give you a heads up, we're gonna do lunch afterwards. There'll be stuff for the kids. Uh, I don't know if I see them, but Chad and Melissa have got craneets to come out and do donuts for us. Give them love. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't see them. Maybe they stepped out. Like if you see them, if you see them, tell them uh, that there's a special place in heaven waiting for them, because fresh, hot. Donuts are, especially Korean nut donuts, are wonderful. So that'll be here as well. We're just going to have a good time and just chill, okay? Uh, yeah, today. Today is all about celebrating. It's all about celebrating. And I have a theory when it comes to celebration. And my theory is this. I don't think we're very good at it. And I don't mean just us. I mean like Western people. Uh, if you read the scriptures, uh, the Jewish people, they would literally spend weeks celebrating. They would take time away and they would dedicate themselves, their friends, their family, their community. They would, the, the next seven days is all for celebrating God's goodness, his kindness, his provision, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
And my theory for why we as a people aren't as, I guess, good at celebrating, not doing it well, is because we move so fast through our lives because of how full our lives are that celebration can kind of tend to be an obligation. It's sort of like, okay, I have this birthday party I have to go to, so we got to get a gift, we got to get there, we got to say hi, we got to shake their hand, we got to love them, we got to give them a hug, and then we have this other thing we have to go. Instead of actually as a human being, not a human doing, but a human being giving ourselves fully over to celebrating. Again, I'm not going to talk at you too long because there's people that I want you to hear from, but I think the reason we struggle with this is I think we as people, not everybody, but society at large, culture, when you're busy, you don't have to give yourself over to the high and you don't have to give yourself over to the low. The high, you don't have to give yourself over to like, well, I don't really deserve to celebrate because X, Y, and Z. Or I don't really want to go into the low because it's dark and it's sad and it's like, God created us to experience all of the depth of life. And when we're too busy, when we have so many things going on, celebration, one of the, the, the things that you will do in the presence of God forever and eternity is celebrate really, really well, okay? But I think one of the reasons why we struggle with this so much is because there's so much going on that celebration has turned into a bit of an obligation instead of something we can actually fully give ourselves over to. I, I look at the youth and the kids. Uh, they can teach us adults a whole lot about what it looks like to give ourselves over to joy and play and fun and celebration. That's what today's about, friends. It's not about like getting to the other things. It's about giving ourselves fully to celebrating who God is, and what he's done in us as a community. So this is, this morning, this after lunch, the whole thing, this is like a holy time. And when I say holy, I mean it's set apart for a purpose, to enjoy and celebrate the goodness of God, who he is, and what he's done in us. Now, uh, just some kind of logistical things. You're going to hear five stories this morning. Um, You're going to hear five stories of how people have experienced God. And when I say experienced God, I don't mean like they read about him. I don't mean they they like an intellectual knowledge about him. I mean an experience of God. And the way that they experience God is through you. I don't know if you know this, but you are incredibly valuable. You were made in his image. That means you were made to operate in similar ways that he operates. To be like a, to be like a vessel of love and care um, and, and a blessing to the world around you. So you're going to hear five stories of how people experience God through you. Now, we live in Temecula, California, the wine capital of Southern California. I don't know if you know that, but either way, here's the thing. When it comes to wine, you can kind of just rush through it and be irresponsible with it. You can just kind of drink it, or you can taste it. Like you can actually taste it. You can give yourself over to going a little bit slowly and actually experiencing and tasting the wine, right? Tasting is different than simply drinking. So hear me. I want to encourage you with something this morning. As you listen to these five stories, I encourage you not to just hear them, 
but to actually listen. Why? So that you can taste. So you can taste the goodness of God. Actually enjoy it. Actually experience some of it, just a bit of his goodness, of his kindness. And maybe, just maybe, the Spirit of God will lead you to connect the dots between his goodness, his faithfulness, and his love for you. Even when things don't go perfectly, like the last two years have been hard for everyone. Even if things, even if there's struggle in your life, you have access to the goodness of God, his kindness, his faithfulness, his strength, his power, and more importantly, his presence with us. Okay, so um, without further ado, what I'm going to do, just so that you guys know who are sharing, I will call you up by name. You can come up and share your story, and then you can hand it off to me, and I'll facilitate things from there, okay? So without further ado, our very first uh, couple coming up to share their story, please welcome Trevor and Kelsey Johnson. Let me just say one more thing. Uh, it can be kind of nerve-wracking to speak in front of people, and especially to speak somewhat vulnerably. So honor them, okay? And listen, right? Here. Good morning, everyone. Happy birthday, church. Um, my name is Kelsey. We have not met. This is Trevor. Um, so I grew up in the church. Um, I ended up going away to Bible college. I ended up um, interning at a church, working at another church, and then I had an opportunity to be a part of a church plant in New York City, in Queens, which is where I met this guy um, back in 2016. He came out for the launch week, and then he came out again for our Easter celebration, and that's kind of where our story began. Um, Pretty quickly, we started dating and um, got engaged, and I moved back to California when we got married. Now, our first three years of marriage um, was difficult in terms of finding a church. Um, We really liked the church plant that we were part of, um, but we also both came from different church hurts and had our own baggage in searching for a church. So the first three years, we were unchurched, and one of those years was covid So we were church online, and um, that was tricky for us. We weren't on the same page, and um, we were just not finding a fit. Um, Along the way, Tracy went, um, or I met Tracy, and she would go on and on about Restored. And we decided to start watching online, and then we came for the first service um, back in March of 2021. And that was our first time. So we're about a year, and this is our year anniversary, about a month ago, being at Restored. Um, but right away, uh, Restored started checking a lot of the boxes that I had. Um, and it was just, it's been a really restorative time being here. Um, in my uh, bitterness or my jadedness with churches, I've just been really grateful to see um, two main things. The intentionality and the spirit-led leadership here. Um, you guys kind of messed me up because I was going to say something about the stage, but the intentionality and how the stage was circled around, you know, um, at Warm Springs. And then intentionality in the shepherding of the leaders here. The spirit-filledness in um, changing the service up, not having things go the same way every week. Um, intentionality in celebrating. And... Um, 
The community mindset here has just been such a huge blessing. It's something that we've been praying for for a long time. And I don't expect there to be a perfect church ever, but something I really value about and trust and have confidence in in the leadership here is the um, humility. And if there was something that was maybe going off, you know, the gospel um, or just turning into a routine, I really trust and have confidence in the leadership that they would correct, that they would change things and that they would um, follow Jesus's leading. So I honestly didn't think that I could get to a point where I said, I love my church, Um, but it's almost every week we're driving out of church or I'm elbowing him during service and being like, I love my church, I love my church. Um, So it's just been such a blessing, and I know that we've just scratched the surface only being here for a year, and I know that we've just met a few of you guys, but um, I really just am so excited and looking forward to what God has in store for us here. Thank you. Let's hear it for donuts, yeah? <laughs> He's right. You'll clap for anything. You guys will cheer for anything. <laughs> you don't even know me. <laughs> and you're doing it. Um, yeah, I'm Trevor, uh, a.k.a. Kelsey's husband. So I came out. I guess my story kind of starts. I got kicked out of Arizona to Bible college. I was in a lot of trouble at the time. So I didn't even come out to California to begin with on noble intentions, right? I uh, was one of the few that didn't want to come to get to know God any better. It was just more of like, dude, let things cool off back home and maybe come back someday. But uh, it's been God's grace I've seen consistently in my life. And me, you know, I mean, as we learned a couple weeks ago too, it's, dude, I don't even know the Hebrew word. I'm not going to try it. But like, it's deeper than just like getting stuff we don't deserve or the mercy, not getting what we do. It's like, I've seen his hand in like abundantly blessing me beyond that. So I'm at Bible college, yeah, we fast forward, we end up meeting in New York, same thing, right? I don't deserve to even be there, so I don't even deserve to be meeting the woman that I met in New York, but by his grace, we got married, she might be a little off too, but uh, we're here, <laughs> so it was tough, guys, the few years, um, there's a lot for us that, it was ironic, because we would go and check out a church, and one of us would be cool with it, and the other one wouldn't, it was almost every time, like, Something didn't ring right. And it went back and forth. But for both of us, there were certain things we didn't trust. That's kind of a big term that's been involved in our lives. It's like, I don't trust this. I don't trust this. And we both have our experiences, like she said. We take that in with us. So neither of us much trusted certain things about it. And at times, they proved to be true. Some churches don't even exist anymore that we're, like, kind of feeling weird about. But for me especially, I've spent my life predominantly in trouble. You know, I've been in trouble with the law back home. I've been in trouble with pretty much everybody. So give some time, probably. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) it's been my story, right? And so trust is actually a pretty big thing for me. I don't trust a lot of people, so I don't really care to develop that. But something I knew I wanted so deeply was to be able to trust. I wanted that ability to do that. I wanted to be able to trust leadership in a way that I know, like, hey, they're not perfect, but we all get perfection we also all get like if they're trustworthy or not it's a separate thing so we can read that i i trust people that are vulnerable with me and there's a kind of a reciprocation there so it took me a while to ever trust a church body anything but at the same time in my whole life i didn't trust a lot of relationships i was in this is the first piece i've had i didn't trust a lot of churches i've been to this is the first piece i've had about being out at church as well so something that was key for me was I need to be able to trust the leadership so then I can, at that point, fully devote myself. Whatever they say goes. 
kind of a thing. I trust that God's put them in that position, so I don't need to, you know, be afraid of decisions made. That came into fruition because we started in a GC. COVID threw it all off, right? So we started in a separate one. And then when things rolled back around, we started operating as normally as we were told. Hey, we're going to move you to a separate GC. For me, it wasn't even a second thought. It was, I trust leadership. If there's a reason for this, we're going to do it. And so I think uh, what was scary for me right before coming here is Kelsey and I were talking, and I'm like, dude, I'm so sick of trying to find churches. I'm so sick of this, like, letdown consistently. I quit. And we had that conversation one night, and it scared the heck out of her, right? But I'm like, I quit church as I know it. I'm done. I'm done going to any kind of church. We'll figure it out. We'll read the Bible. We'll do Acts. We'll do some kind of home church. We'll whatever. But I'm so sick of the institution as I know it and the things I've experienced. It's just not legit. So I confidently say I love my church. Yeah. Confidently say that this is one I actually trust, and this is one that, for me, I can put myself behind, and I know I don't quit, right? Like, this is, no, never mind. And I thank God because there's a stigma for me that as men being leaders in the household, I got to find the church, right? I've got to be the one that leads us to the watering hole and gets all the stuff, whatever it is. And it was from Kels meeting her blonde kindred spirit, Tracy, in the back, <laughs> that uh, we end up going. And I'm like, I'll, I'll check this last one out, dude. Like, that's it for me, though. So really, I'm kind of done in my head, but I'll check it out with you. And here we are today, another year later, and I'm all in. So that's been our experience here as a couple. If we don't know you yet, I'm sorry. I usually am very social, so I, I try to get to know people best I can. But Kelsey and Trev, come say hi at some point. Restoring trust in the people of God. I think that's worthy of the applause that you just gave. All of us are on a unique journey and we have things that happen to us that can disorient us and kind of shift things around. And I love how uh, um, Trevor and Kelsey's story is one of experiencing the brokenness um, in very real ways in the church and then have that very source, the church, be the ones that mend that relation. It's beautiful, guys. Thank you for honoring us with just a snippet of your story. Okay, next, the wonderful Chris and Courtney Taylor. Come on up. trust ourselves, so we're going to do a little bit more reading here. um, For those of you who haven't met, um, I'm Chris Taylor, and this is my wife, Courtney. We've been at Restored uh, for a year now. In fact, I think around the same time as uh, Kelsey and Trevor, who are in our GC, and we love a lot. Um, We have two boys, Wyatt, um, who's six, and Easton, who's three. We moved to Temecula in August 2020. Courtney's from Temecula, and her family and many of our friends are here. We had wanted to move here for a long time, um, me especially, and my job had kept us in Orange County. When COVID happened, remote remote work gave us the opportunity to move um, out here. 
one significant hesitation was our concern that we would never find a home church. Um, we had a church in Orange County that we really liked, and we felt like we wouldn't find the same thing out here. So we were nervous. Um, it turns out that joining Restored and coming out here has been the biggest blessing of the move. Um, it really has. We've experienced deep community in the past year, um, and it's making a huge difference in our lives. We started attending Restored last Easter, 2021, during a difficult period in our lives. Chris is a lawyer, and for eight years he worked at a large law firm, and it was a job that involved a tremendous amount of time, stress, and anxiety. For our entire marriage, we had oriented our life around Chris's demanding job. Although things were going really well for his career, the unhealthy demands of the job were definitely taking a toll on our family. Chris began to realize that career success, the thing that had been the main focus, was not very satisfying and it was really unsettling. This past summer, when we joined the Intro to Gospel community, we began to experience a much deeper sense of community that we'd never experienced before. People welcomed us into their lives, and we began to do the same thing. We had been part of Bible studies and community groups in the past, both on our own and together as a married couple, but this was and continues to be something radically different. We have joined a family, and it's one that's rooted in Jesus. Church has shifted for us as well. It used to be something we tried to fit into our busy schedules or our lives, but now it's something we look forward to the most. We plan our weekends to make sure that we're at gathering. We prioritize our GC each Wednesday, making sure we have a babysitter and making sure we can rush home from work and baseball practice to, let, to attend Lord's Supper gatherings. It's become an essential part of our lives and our journey of faith. We recognize that we really need to be with our community so that we can experience Jesus and be supported through life's challenges and so that we can support others as well. We just wanted to share a couple of um, like concrete examples of how God's been working in our lives through Restored. Um, as some of you know, in December, Courtney had a um, pretty scary cardiac um, episode, and it resulted in her spending three days in the hospital. Um, our GC and members of Restored um, really rallied around us and offered practical support um, and prayer. And during that time, I stopped into the press This is a lot harder than being in court. <laughs> and so I, I was picking up coffee for Courtney um, on the way to the hospital. The uh, uh, Rancho Community uh, coffee was not cutting it. Um, so I went into the press, um, and I saw Andrea Bomstead and a few other um, restored women uh, and Andrea uh, recognized me, I recognized her. We hadn't really met um, and hadn't really spoken. She asked how I was doing, and I was honest. I, I shared what was going on. Um, and Andrea, just, she grabbed um, Heidi Deal and took me outside. And um, they laid hands on me and prayed for us. And they did that right out there, outside Restored. And I can honestly say that um, that's not something that I'm used to welcoming. It's not something that I'm comfortable with. But being here and part of Restored has changed things for us. And it just gave us a concrete experience of having a family, a church community that really cares for us. Um, 
and uh, that one is one that just sticks out for us. Um, another example is, um, is my recent job change. So um, I had reached a breaking point mentally, and an opportunity presented itself to leave the law firm and go in-house um, with a company. And this new position would um, provide us with less stress, um, more time as a family, but it meant less uh, financial security and career prestige. Um, and I probably would not have taken the job if we were not here restored, if we were not part of a family that was um, pushing our, us to um, root our identity in Jesus, um, pushing us to make our faith a priority. Um, the pull of um, success, as the world defines it, um, it, it probably would have been too much, but now we're realizing um, that we need to find our identity in Jesus, not in a career, and that we want to make a, more room for a rich life of faith uh, with people who are doing the same. And it's that shift um, uh, that helped us see the job as an opportunity for that richer, healthier life um, as a family and one that provides more space for this community and for our faith. We both feel that our experience with Restored has resulted in a reawakening or a refocusing of our faith in Jesus. We are both experiencing God in the church in deeper ways, and our boys are too. Uh, we're very thankful uh, for Restored, and we're really excited for this experience to continue. So, thank you, everyone. Thank It's been remarkable to watch uh, Chris and Courtney make like significant sacrifices to orient their life around the kingdom of God, enjoying him, obeying him, operating like him. And uh, it's because of encountering him through his people. It's beautiful. Um, next, our next sharers, the amazing David and Liz Burke. Liz, if we haven't met, this is my husband David, this is Ella, uh, who wanted to join us this morning, and Andrews and kids, uh, forgive us, public speaking is not our greatest talent, so we're going to go ahead and read so that we don't lose ourselves here. Both Liz and I grew up in church, and we have typically made it a priority to be at a Sunday morning service since we got married. Uh, we became pretty good at going through the motions and checking things off the list that made us seem like good Christians. After a couple of years of this, we felt like the lack of growth in our faith, um, we felt the lack of growth in our faith and knew we needed to make some changes. In August of 2018, we decided to try a small church plant our friends had recommended. Although the first Sunday was terrifying, and unlike anything we had experienced in church before, we knew this was something different and we continued to show up each week. We jumped into the Intro to Gospel community the following spring with Tom and quickly realized our relationship with Christ was more defined as a fear of hell, a feeling of importance that we did the right things, and a hope that God would only interfere in our lives when we asked him. Being a part of Restored and our, ma and 
our amazing gospel community has allowed us to unlearn some unhealthy ways of thinking and relearn what it really means to be a disciple of Jesus. With that being said, sorry, uh, some of you know the last couple of years have really uh, forced us to put our faith into action. Like pretty much everyone in this room, 2020 really threw us some curveballs. Uh, to give some context, it was Friday, March 13th, 2020. We were excited to find out we were pregnant with Andrew, our second child, but the events that followed were nothing we expected. Sunday, March 15th, we entered the first two-week shutdown to flatten the curve, and the entire world was shutting down, but as many of you know, uh, David works in administration at a medical office, and instead of getting work-from-home orders, he was pretty much working around the clock to help keep all the office doors open and allow medical staff to see patients safely. A couple weeks after this shutdown, in the, in the beginning of April, David had his labs drawn at an annual physical, and he had abnormally high liver enzymes. The days that followed included a series of imaging, biopsies, and doctor's appointments, which concluded that David has a very rare long-term liver disease that has no cure, and the road ahead will lead to liver failure, which will qualify him for a liver transplant in as short as five years, but we're praying to push that for as far as possible down the road. The diagnosis is primary sclerosing cholangitis. Um, I'm a nurse, and I've never even heard of that, let alone had a patient with that disease before. Um, we were pretty shocked and devastated, to say the least. Um, if you know us, you know David and I are both probably a little extreme type A planners. Uh, we absolutely would not have to try to get pregnant before the start of a global pandemic, especially knowing how crazy and exhausting the months to come would be for David at work. And we surely had no idea a liver disease like this even existed. And you just never think that something like this will happen within your own household. So we thought we knew it was the right time to grow our family, but it was honestly very difficult in the moment. And we questioned God's timing. Although we would not have planned Andrew's pregnancy for a time of chaos like this, looking back, I can finally say God's timing in this was everything. We're so very thankful for our little Andrew, and he is absolutely one of the biggest blessings that has come out of the last two years. For us, when we hit detours or roadblocks, our natural tendency was and still is to be self-sufficient um, and look like we have everything put together. So while we prefer to minimize my health diagnosis, along with all the anxiety it brings for my future of getting a liver transplant, it gets difficult to put on a facade with people who know the real you. Through our gospel community, we have become known, we are supported, and we are prayed for regularly, which has broken down the white picket fence we like to surround our lives with. Additionally, while our natural tendency is to control and fix everything ourselves, we have finally realized we are, aren't able to do that. We are so thankful for the counsel and prayer of Tom and Herrick who have helped us point or help point us to gospel truths and teach us how to rely on Christ through honest prayer. Herrick's counsel has helped us uncover deep idols of control and approval, which have been and are continuing to be slowly replaced with the deep treasure of Christ's love for us. We had an image of what the good life meant, but we are learning how much better life gets as Jesus is more and more a part of it. We have known for a while the gospel saves. We thought we could move past the gospel because we heard it and believed it. Through these unexpected events of the last few years, we feel Jesus gently steering us in the right direction towards his transforming love, reminding us how we need the gospel every day and we never can move past it.
Overall, when we, origi- we were originally looking for a new church home in 2018, our shopping list included <laughs> something close to home, an ability to miss a Sunday and not be noticed, and a few service options that would work well for our schedule. We were absolutely terrified when we sat in this auditorium in 2018, right in that back corner, and it felt like Tom was staring at us the entire time. (laughs) We thought we knew what we wanted, but once again, Jesus knew what we needed, and by coming to Restored, we found a church we could actually call family, and we've never experienced anything to this extent before. We're overwhelmed with gratitude for all of you, and we've experienced Jesus in ways that we didn't know existed through this body of believers. The last few years have been difficult, but we can't imagine how difficult they would have been had we not had our church family supporting us. So thank you all for the love and prayers and continued prayers for our family. We're so grateful, and we love you all. Sorry, not sorry. Change of plans. Um, David, we take a seat, buddy. I love you. Um, we're going to pray for David right now. Can we get a couple more chairs for his ladies? Just next time we can put them back. Thanks, babe. There we go. Let's do this. Take that one. Um, and... Everybody gets to play. Come on down. Uh, Aaron, come over here. Lise, come over here. Is it okay if we lay hands on you? Yeah? Great. Aaron, come close. Uh, If you're new with us, uh, if this makes you uncomfortable, it's okay. It is kind of weird. Uh, But what we're going to do right now is we're going to pray over our brother. Their story is one... Isaac, come close, dude. Come over here. I want you to be next to me. Um, Their story is one of God strengthening their faith. God strengthening their faith, uh, not through like really, really comfortable circumstances, but through really challenging circumstances. Come on up, dude. I just want you to put your hand on David with me, okay? Um through really challenging circumstances. And so we're going to pray blessing over him. We're going to pray healing over him. Why? Because God invites us to. Because he's our father. And he loves us. And he loves David. And he loves his family. So I'm going to open us up. And then uh, Aaron, will you close us? We're going to have me and then Lisa and then Aaron, okay? Holy Spirit, thank you for David. Thank you for Liz. Thank you for the Burke family. Thank you for what they mean to us. Thank you for the ways that they love us and care for us. And the ways that they care for their community at large, not just our church, but this this valley. So Spirit, we invite you. Jesus, you're the Lord over every single cell in David's body. We pray wellness and healing over him now. Your cleansing power. Glorify yourself, God. 
Abba, thank you that you can do all things we can. Father, thank you that we can ask you uh, for things that the world would call ridiculous because you love us. And Father, I just ask in the name of Jesus that you heal David's body. Let every cell uh, be made new. Um, You declare you are making all things new. And we trust your words. Um, You formed the earth with your words. And Father, we know you can form everything new in David's body. Um, We ask that you give him a new liver. Um, you can give us new hearts and we believe that you can give him a new liver so in the name of Jesus we ask that for David Uh, healing over his body um, rest and peace for his mind his soul, his heart and just perfect care for their family we love you and Father I just um I thank you so much for this family, and um, and I'll be able to uh, participate in GC with them, and just seeing how much they serve each one of us um, while dealing with uncertainties of um, David's sickness. And mm-hmm. I just I see you all over their lives. Yeah. And Father, I pray specifically for David's liver. Yeah. I pray that you would uh, make it new, yes, that God. you would remove any sickness or any um, defects or anything that would. Um, mm-hmm. That would just be um, not good. And I pray, Father, that your goodness would just overrule their family, yeah, yeah. his body, and, Father, that you would um, just heal this man. Yeah. I pray that you would replace the anxieties they have of what tomorrow brings with um, the joy in you. Yeah. I pray that you give um, Liz a peace. Yeah. I know um, I pray that you uh, would help her not feel alone um, now or just in the future or whatever thoughts she may have, I pray, that are replaced mm-hmm. with just the thankfulness of you and just uh, David being here right now. Mm-hmm. So, Father, I pray for healing yeah. for this man, Lord. I love, we love you, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you, everybody, for letting us do that. One of the most uh, grounding and comforting and powerful things of Jesus is that no matter what season of life we find ourselves in, we always, hear me, we always have something to celebrate. Always. And some days it's really, really hard to do that. But the reality of his love, the reality of his sacrifice, the reality of him laying his life down for us to, to demonstrate his devotion to us, not just for our now, but for our forever. Even when you face the darkest valley, you have something that can never be taken from you. And that is the love of God. 
And we've watched this family walk in that. And so, honor you both. Thanks for sharing us, honoring us by sharing your story. Um, okay. Our final story. Uh, two of my favorite people in the whole world. Uh, I'll preface them, preface uh, their sharing with this. They knew me before I was a Christian. Oh, God. Uh, and being able to watch their family grow, being able to watch them um, lead their kids well, lead their lives well with so much history and kind of having that for me, pre-Jesus, post-Jesus relationship with them has been like a really special joy for me. And so I'm excited for you to hear their story um, of the ways that they've experienced God in very rich and profound ways, both very gifted people, but I wanna let them talk and I'll shut up. Austin and Lauren Alexander. It's really happening. Happy birthday, Restored. We're super honored to be here and to be sharing, and it's also very nerve-wracking. <laughs> um, so I'm Lauren. This is my husband, Austin, and this is our third baby, baby Jude. He just woke up from a nap, so he's all squishy and red. Cute. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay, so if we had to put a title on this uh, piece we're about to share, it would definitely be called Experiencing Jesus Through Community. A little backstory, Austin and I both grew up going to church um, and never really felt truly connected to the, to the people of the church um, or experienced Jesus like we have here at Restored. Um, as adults, life became busy as we worked hard pursuing our careers, uh, raising our two girls, and basically putting finding a home church on the back burner. Um, as Tom prefaced, we went to high school with Tom and Ebony, and um, I remember early spring of 2020, Ebony, sorry, I can't talk when I cry, <laughs> I just remember her texting me saying, you guys should come to gathering, and felt really honored that she personally reached out and invited us. Um, so this was the first time um, us attending church in, in years, so naturally we felt <laughs> a little nervous. Um, we went, and I just remember feeling, hi, um, really just overcome with emotion and just feeling uh, Jesus through the whole worship service and uh, gathering and just feeling like this is where we're meant to be. Um, I was really excited to journey with Restored. Um, well, <laughs> literally, the week following, we begin hearing about closures due to COVID-19, um, and we found out that Restored will not be meeting in person. Austin and I jokingly kind of laughed and said, great, we closed down church. <laughs> um, so, you know, months went by, and we uh, wondered when and if Restored would be back um, together in person. Yeah, so I was at the farm one day. I work uh, with Paul Grieve once in a while, and he, I ran into him, and I asked him, uh, you know, is Restored opening again at any point, you know? And he said no, but 
uh, you should come to our GC. And I had no clue what a GC was, but I just tried to act cool. And I was like, yeah, I'll come to your GC. Like, I just thought we were going to a Bible study or something, you know. So, um, so we met at Tom and Ebony's house, and they were still doing the intro. And we were working through this uh, little green book, the intro to GC. Um, yeah, we really enjoyed it. It was, it was a lot different than what I thought, you know. We, we showed up. We shared a meal together. Um, we sat, worked through the book. Um, Lauren said I was learning to become more vulnerable, which I guess. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, Lauren would just share really rich conversations, you know, on her drive home and talk about GC and just how much we really loved it. He's heavy. Um, <laughs> okay, my, my personal experience with our gospel community has been uh, completely transformative and just a, a recorrective of experiencing church. Um, I remember as a child growing up in church, really internalizing that in order to become closer to Jesus, you must follow his rules and you must work your way to the kingdom. Thus, maybe in you know the future, not wanting to go back to church because that's what I internalized. Um, as we were going through the GC book, I kept having these huge aha moments, I like to call them. Um, as a mental health therapist, I was able to correlate so much of how Jesus wants us to live with interventions I use with my own clients. And I know this may sound silly, but it was a big epiphany for me. It helped me understand Jesus' heart. I thought about the why. Why do people pursue therapy in the first place, right? To ultimately reduce suffering, to heal, to grow, to experience joy, be at peace. Well, that's exactly what Jesus wants for us. And that was a big epiphany for me. <laughs> um, he ha Jesus has these guidelines and rules laid out in the Bible because he wants to reduce our suffering. He wants us to experience radical joy in and through him. Our experience in GC has been life-giving. If you are on the fence about stepping into a GC, do it. <laughs> As Austin mentioned, we joined GC on a whim in the beginning of a pandemic. I was newly pregnant with our third child and having all the rough first trimester symptoms, so I had every excuse to say I didn't want to come, <laughs> but I did. I was honestly blown away with intentionality of the gospel community. A core value of GC is to be known and to deeply know others. Forming these relationships through vulnerability, prayer, affirmations, learning more about Jesus, and breaking bread together became my favorite day of the week. As my belly got bigger, the love and support grew as we gave birth to our son Jude on June 6th in 2021. The baby shower, meal trains, check-ins, and prayers made us feel so incredibly loved. But little did we know then that we would be using our GC as a lifeline just two months later. Yeah, so when our son Jude was two months old, um, we noticed that he's his head was like rapidly growing and he had like some eye fluttering going on. Um, we were kind of clueless to what was going on. So we brought him into the pediatrician. They kind of dismissed it as, um, you know, just he has a larger head and he's, this is just all developmental. Yeah. So Lauren <clears throat> felt that there just wasn't something right with him. So she fought for a optometrist appointment. Um, she went there and with probably within five minutes, they looked at his eyes and said that, you know, we think he has something going on neurologically, something called hydrocephalus. Um, so later that day, we were on our way to L.A. to go meet with the neurosurgeon. They confirmed 
that he did have hydrocephalus, which means water on the brain, which basically a CSF fluid doesn't drain properly or at all. Um, so we had to go through one surgery, and we went through another surgery, and then we ended up leaving the hospital we were at and going through a third surgery with him. Um, the last surgeon, you know, we, we really fought. We prayed that we could find someone that could, you know, really do the surgery correctly. The first two were kind of botched. Um, yeah, so he went through a lot, and, you know, our GC was there for us every step of the way. Really difficult time for us. Um, Lauren's going to talk a little bit about how our GC was there. Yeah, so as you guys can imagine, having your two-month-old go through a brain surgery and then it not be successful, and then in our gut feeling like, okay, this neurosurgeon in this hospital, there's something not right here. So we fought hard to change our insurance and hardly pursue and stalk a little bit a neurosurgeon that was the top neurosurgeon here. Um, and so the second surgery, they also didn't do it correctly. So the third brain surgery was um, August 31st. So it's been over six months. Um, and so during these three surgeries, okay. <laughs> yeah. He wants the microphone so bad. Yeah, he really wants it. So um, during these times, our gospel community went above and beyond for us. They sent us constant words of encouragement, scriptures, specific prayers. We FaceTimed in from the hospital during one of the GCs. Um, they sent us a care package to help with our stays in the hospital, uh, sent us food, very generous Grubhub gift card, which was awesome because we were in L.A., so it was good food. <laughs> um, on the day of Jude's second surgery, um, Karen Brimhall, where is she? There she is. Um, it meant so much to us, you guys. She drove all the way to L.A. L.A. sucks. I mean, in terms of traffic. <laughs> L.A. doesn't suck, but getting there um, really sucks. And um, she does, she's not even a fan of, of driving in traffic and freeways and all this stuff. And she did that. And it was prime COVID, so you could imagine. You can't even really get in the hospitals. Everyone has to wear a mask. It's just like she didn't know if she could even come into the lobby or meet us outside. She just wanted to be there for us. And um, I just remember saying, you know, bye to Jude, and he had to go off into the OR. And Karen said with me that she was here, and we came out, and just seeing her, and just felt like Jesus, Jesus' warmth and hug. And she just hugged us and prayed with us and reassured us. And that just meant so much. Um, Thank you, Karen. We love you. <laughs> um, and then from just from the gathering and the congregation, I know Tom said that the whole congregation prayed for Jude. That just meant so much, you guys. And um, we got, like, voice texts of people having, like, these amazing visions of Jude being wrapped in, in protection and love. And we got to listen to those while he's in surgery. It's just so comforting for us. Um, it just really helped us feel like we weren't alone. And I think that's how we experienced Jesus so much through you guys. It's just like, no, he's with us always. Um, it helps us to see the, the kindness and generosity and love Jesus displayed through you guys, through, through our community. Yeah, I just wanted to end with this. Um, it's not a coincidence that, that Ebony texted Lauren the day before or the the last Sunday before that the shutdown went, went down. It's not a coincidence that I ran into Paul and he invited me to GC. And it's not a coincidence that Jesus surrounded us with the community to help us through the hardest time of our lives. 
This is Jesus' plan. It wasn't a coincidence. Mic drop. I'm going to call the band up. If you guys would join us up here, we are going to, uh, yeah, I need my Bible. College, a little bit in high school, but mostly in college, I had to do, whenever I had to write a report, I had to do a works cited page. Do you guys have to do works cited pages in high school? Yeah. Sorry, it's all a blur for me. <laughs> uh, I do, you have to do a works cited page. And when a works cited page is at the end of your report, you have to have like a page that says, here's all my like citations, my quotations, here's where, they're, here's where all the stuff that I quoted, here's where it's coming from. Here's the source. You're, you're trained in school to cite the source. Every story that you just heard is a result of real people in our community experiencing Almighty God through his hands and his feet. That's the metaphor that the scriptures use for the church. You're not at church, church isn't an event, right? It's not a building. Church is the family of God. And so every story that you just heard, the works cited page would just read Jesus, 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 Jesus. Will you stand with me if you're able? Psalm 105. Psalm 105, in my mind, it perfectly describes the heartbeat for this morning. Let me read this to you. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. When it says call on his name, it's not just that like idea of like your name's, I don't know, Steve. It's not just what you go by. When the scriptures talk about the name, it talks about the essence, like everything that a person is, call on God's name, all the, all the attributes, everything that he is, his essence, call on him. Proclaim his deeds among the peoples. It's kind of what we just got done doing. And it says, sing to him, sing praise to him. Tell about all his wondrous works honor his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord. Celebrate, right? Rejoice. Celebrate. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. His face, it's, a, it's the word for his presence. His attention. When you have someone's attention, you have their face. Right now, you don't have 
you don't really have my face, you don't have my attention, but now you do, which means we get to engage, seek his face, always. And then it says, remember the wondrous works he has done. This morning's about celebration. It's about celebrating who God is and what he's done in us. He's at work in your life. Guarantee it. He's at work in your life. He's at work in our life. And this morning, is it's a holy morning. It's, it's moments for us to set aside time, to give ourselves over, to fully enter into celebration. There's nothing else to do. If you're distracted by your next plans after this, you're going to miss out. In this moment, this holy moment, set apart to celebrate the goodness of God. And as the psalmist says, to give thanks to him, to proclaim his deeds, to sing to him, to sing praise to him. That's what we're going to do. We're going to end our fourth birthday gathering, the worship component of it, by praising him because he's worthy, because he's good, because the work cited page is just one name. Jesus. What do you say we honor him? What do you say we give thanks to him? What do you say we praise him, huh? Jesus, we thank you that you've made a way. You have made a way for us to experience divine love, to experience the grace and mercy of God for us. You've shown us. You've shown us the love of God through your life, through your death, through your resurrection, and through your ongoing ministry in the life, the lives of people today, and through your church. You are alive, and we praise you, and we give you thanks. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You guys can grab a seat. I'm going to close this out. Uh, yesterday, uh, my, my son, Josh, was playing in the baseball game, and uh, something really cool happened, which I'll share in a second. But before yesterday, he went through, like, he's, he plays baseball. He's seven. He's in single A. And he went through what's called in baseball a slump. If you've ever played baseball, you know what it is. It's the most humbling thing you'll ever go through. 0 for 15 with 12 strikeouts. Anybody ever been there? I've been there. So he was kind of like going through a slump. And it was hard for us as, a, as mom and dad because we saw him like taking it hard. Like he was starting to get discouraged. He was, he cried in the dugout, which I've watched the League of Their Own. Crying in baseball is okay, but like it's it's the kind of thing where it was like it's just hard to watch him struggling so much, uh, and something that's supposed to be fun. But he kept going, and we went and we practiced yesterday before the game, and we worked on some things. And uh, during the game, and everybody knows, by the way, the, the team mom, all the players know he's really discouraged. During the game yesterday, uh, he he pulled off an unassisted triple play. <laughs> I mean, some of you guys are like, what does that even mean? Let me give you some context. In the history of Major League Baseball, which it, it goes back 120 or 30 years or whatever, there's been 15. It's one a decade, basically. 
he did it. <laughs> he, put, he, he did it yesterday, and it's on film. <laughs> One of the dads caught it. Why am I saying this? Obviously, uh, I'm a proud dad. But my point in saying this is just that he had to overcome some things to even get to the point where he, he went out on the field because he was scared. He told me, nervous about playing. And I want to take a minute just to honor all the speakers because every single one of them, I don't know if you guys noticed this, they all overcame different things in order to actually be, get up here to share their God's story. Like Trevor, I quit. He was ready. He was ready to quit church. And he had good reason. A lot of baggage and hurt. Uh, Chris and Courtney, the, the success orientation. They had to overcome things. Kyle and Kaya, who you guys, some of you know personally, many of you don't. Um, how about feeling, fearing the loss of safety and being in a closed country? Persecution, deportation. The Burks, self-reliance. Austin and Lauren, difficult life circumstances. Do you see, see my point? There's all of these difficult things that they all had to overcome in order to be able to come up here and tell their God's story. And they didn't do that alone. They did it with people. They did it in community. And now we get to celebrate. Yesterday at, at the game, uh, everybody was celebrating Josh. I mean, it was like I couldn't believe everybody, all the parents, all his teammates. Uh, they're actually trying to submit the video to local news to try to get it on the news. And so everyone's excited. And they were with him in the slump. They saw him cry. Like, they saw that. And that's what we get to do for each other. We get to be there in the slump of life. But we'll never get there if difficulty, distraction, or despair causes us to pull back. And that's what I want to leave with you today. Just for the question, like, what could get in the way of your God story? Of you being able to honor God. This is what we did today, is we honored Jesus. This is the body of Christ. This is one expression of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is global, but we're one expression of that. God willing, a faithful one. Imperfect, but faithful. And that's, this is Jesus' story. They got to tell their Jesus story. Do you want to have a Jesus story? There's going to be things that you're going to have to overcome. Difficulty, distraction, sometimes despair. And I just want you to know you're not alone. You don't have to go through that alone. Jesus loves you and died for you. And he was raised so that you might have a new story, a new beginning, a new birth. And we would love to be a part of that as a community, to serve you in any way that we can for as long as you're here. Hopefully many years, but as long as you're here. So I just want to leave that with you. What is that thing? We'd love to support you in it.